we're just going to get ahead of the curve here and say, Jasleen Maxwell did not kill herself. In this episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show, recorded on July 2nd, 2020, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Renner King Fisk, talk about the breaking news of Ghislaine Maxwell's arrest and what it means for the ongoing saga of Jeffrey Epstein and speculate on how soon she will be suicided. Specifically, will she be silenced by being killed in prison? If she is able to talk and is able to make a plea deal with prosecutors, what will she say and what evidence will she offer on the topic of who benefited by Epstein's sex slave trafficking ring of underage girls and who profited from it. Will we find out how Jeffrey Epstein made his fortune? How exactly did he benefit from his relationships with men like former US President Bill Clinton, President Donald Trump, superstar lawyer Alan Dershowitz, Microsoft mogul Bill Gates, former New Mexico governor Bill Richardson, former senator, from the state of Maine, and Senate Majority Leader George Mitchell, Prince Andrew, and many more. And how was the outrage over what the elites have been doing behind Epstein's closed doors and his private island going to manifest? Will people take their frustrations out in the street in the form of riots, or take it to the polling booths and vote out incumbents? The Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our patrons on patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to new episodes of the Fedora Chronicles radio show with show notes, a peek behind the scenes, and more. Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles is where you can purchase t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more with our logo and slogans right on them. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and our website on the air. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show with pop culture and current events through the perspective of classic film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from true crime, government conspiracies and cover-ups, and the paranormal. You can now listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Player FM, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Google Play on Android devices. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Fedora Chronicles radio show on it, let us know and we'll fix it right away. Once again, this is Jay Cousineau and I, Eric Render King Fisk. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. One of the things that really sort of drives me crazy when talking about the podcast, and I try and explain to people what the Fedora Chronicles radio show really is, and the entire idea of doing a podcast was doing a podcast I would want to listen to and also do a podcast that I would actually want to do. I don't want to do a version of somebody else's podcast or somebody else's idea of a, of a podcast. And with the Fedora Chronicles radio show, the whole idea is at least you know what you're going to get at least once a week. News of the week with Jay Cousineau. You know you're going to get... and. All the other episodes, you don't know if it's going to be a true crime episode or a purely paranormal podcast or me as a guest on somebody else's podcast. Um, did I already mention true crime? Yes. And when it's not news of the week, it should be a, a pleasant surprise for everybody. One of the things that I promise you that I will never do to our listeners, Jay, is that I will never do an entire episode of me karaoke. 
Well, that's a good thing. I think, you know, especially after that one lawsuit, um, that's probably for the best for everyone involved. Who would have ever thought that Meatloaf would actually want to sue me and restrain I, me for ever doing any of his songs in, 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 in karaoke ever again because I was, well, like, ruining his brand? Well, to, to be fair, you really had no business singing that song. That's just all there is to it. So, I mean... <sighs> I, I can't say as I agree with them, but I can't say as I blame them either. That's, sorry, dude. That's harsh, man. That's harsh. It is. It really is. I'm uh, sorry. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm tough. Luck can tough love can be a bitch sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when your entire family has to do an, an intervention, it was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. An, an intervention for what? I'm not an alcoholic. I, I'm not a drug user. No, Eric, but you really suck at karaoke. When your niece is reading a piece of paper that says, Eric, I, I wrote this note for you. Eric, you, Uncle Eric, you are my uncle, and I love you very much, and I want to see you watch me grow up. But if I have to say goodbye to you forever because you karaoke meatloaf songs so horribly, then I have to protect my heart and my future. I mean, come on. A Paradise by Dashboard Lights is, to be fair, a bit difficult to cover. It really is. Right. But so, two I mean, out of three no, no, ain't no, bad. No. See, no, you're just something <laughs> fake, dude. I'm telling you. You don't fuck with a guy whose nickname is Meatloaf. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Oh, my goodness. So, Jay and I had this episode all mapped out. And we were going to just do mostly space news for the entire episode. And we were going to read something patriotic that I had found um, that one of the people that I follow posted on her Facebook feed. We were, we were going to do that. And then all of a sudden, something horrible and wonderful happened at the same time yesterday. And if you've been following and listening to the Fedora Chronicles radio show, you know that Jay and I have been vamping about the Jeffrey Epstein case. And the chances are some of our listeners have not heard the news. There's a small, minute chance that there are people who are driving to their party destinations and they're listening to the podcast to, um, to find out what's going on in the world. They may not have heard about Jeslene Maxwell. Or as I like to call her, Gasline Maxwell. Um, And she was arrested yesterday, July 2nd, probably like first thing in the morning when it it turned out that she's been hiding all this time or a lot of the time here in New Hampshire, in Bedford, Mass. uh, Yeah, Bedford, New Hampshire. Really? That's where she was? That's where she was. She was hiding out in a... a, um, a bedroom community of Nashua slash Manchester for all the local swells. That's, wow. That, I knew she was found in New Hampshire. I didn't know where in New Hampshire. Yeah. Because that's like, that's just fucking down the road from your house, man. That, yeah. We actually drive through that town when we're on the way to the airport. Yeah. So, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually like racing to the page here. I actually have to get, I have to get to this page here. So I can read. I got to read the statement. I have to read the statement for our, for our listeners here. Come on now. Come on. You can do here it. Here we go. 
On behalf of the entire Clinton Foundation and the Clinton family, Hillary Clinton would like to extend to Mrs. Maxwell's family their condolences upon hearing of the news of Jasleen's suicide, scheduled for next Tuesday. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> now, what I found interesting is apparently Bill and Jasleen had an affair at some point. That's one of the, that's one of the aspects of this that we were going to cover. Yeah. Now, one of the, one of the things, and I had a Kaiser Soze moment yesterday thinking because i was at the um i was at the front desk of um the 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 company where i work part-time and um and i had all this time on my hands and of course i mean this was like a this is like a gift from the news gods oh yeah this is like manna from heaven if you're a news junkie um howie carr who is on wrko in boston and the man is like a living legend for talk radio junkies. And one of the things that he had said a, a couple of years ago, that it was a little known secret that, or little known secret is probably the wrong way to put it. Um, an open secret that nobody talked about is that Bill Clinton already had a regular girlfriend. And as everybody seems to believe, the marriage between Bill and Hillary Clinton is just a marriage of convenience. They're married in name only. And apparently Bill has a lot of other girlfriends. And one of the girlfriends that he has is, is a New York socialite who's really big into fundraising. And I didn't put it together. I think Howie Carr was actually talking about Ghislaine a couple of years ago when I heard him talk about what was what was going on with the Clinton Foundation, because there was I, a yeah. couple of years ago, there was a big, huge. He may he may have been hinting towards it or yeah. he may not have. Let's be honest, he may have known her name, but not realized her at that time. news right. importance. And, it, and, that, and that, as, as I recall, <clears throat> I was hearing I heard him talking about that before we moved out in 2011. Yeah, that was something he mentioned and he mentioned it kind of in passing too. right. If I recall. So, because because yeah. um, one of the things that just keeps coming up in the news is the money laundering scheme with the Clinton Foundation and that it, one of the favorite conspiracy theories of conservatives is that the Clinton Foundation is really nothing more than a money laundering scheme for the on behalf of the Clintons for somebody we don't know whom and in the past couple of years or the past year or so we have learned that one of the co-founders of the clinton foundation is jeffrey epstein yeah. and that raises a lot of questions a lot of eyebrows and then of course you have bill clinton who has flown at least 26 times on the lolita express to jeffrey epstein's private island and one of the things that i kept seeing yesterday is people were releasing pictures of Bill Clinton and Jasmine, quote vacation, yeah, vacationing on what? What is it? Saint Saint Joseph's Island, Saint George's Island, whatever, the, whatever yeah. the official name is. Yeah, the locals call it pedophile island for for, and now it turns out for good reason. And of course, a lot of the people within the Clinton organization are kind of freaking out because now all these pictures are. It's and it seems odd, Jay. 
it seems odd to me that on the day that this happened, I saw all of these pictures of people publishing on their social media of Bill Clinton and Ghislaine together as if they're like a couple. Right. And that's some of the pictures are, you know, just close friends. They look like they could be close friends. But some of the pictures I've seen, just the proximity that they're standing seems to hint at something different. Now, that could be clouded by the fact that that's what the article's about. Right. But, you know, if I were to just look at those pictures, some of them I would think, yeah, they're just, you know, they're good friends. I have a number of friends that are women, and sometimes we stand that close to each other. Then there's others where it just, they appear to have less physical boundaries. Their personal bubbles seem to be diminished, which usually indicates a more intimate relationship. So who knows? I mean... The thing is, is I don't think anyone would be really terribly surprised to find out that Jelaine Maxwell and Bill Clinton were bumping uglies at some point. Right. I don't think I don't think anyone would be terribly surprised by that. And Um, and the other aspect of this is who cares? To some extent, when it comes right down to it, honestly, who cares? How how does that affect me? How does that affect me? It doesn't. This is the hard part because it depends on the time frame. If this is while he was president of the United States, and that means that a guy who was known to have friends in powerful places for reasons of exploitation had dirt on a sitting president at the time. Of course. Now, from the pictures, it looks like Bill was a little older than um, when he first got elected. So if it happened during his presidency at all, then it happened towards the end of his presidency. Right. It doesn't – I don't personally see anything – that would make me think that it happened during his presidency. It's possible. I mean, it's right on that, you know. Right. Bill's hair is mostly white, which usually happens to presidents because of stress and shit. So right. it could be at the tail end of his presidency. It could have been after his presidency. I, um, I, I think that, beyond yeah. that, I don't honestly care. Bill's boinking someone that's not his wife. Okay, so the water's wet and the sun came up this morning. What else is news? Exactly. And and not to be not to sound mean spirited, but you can kind of you can kind of understand that being married to a woman who is angry all the time at everything and everybody and who has no warmth and she drives people away. You well, can kind of I mean, it's it's it, I mean it it may sound unfair and I don't know what's really going on. Right. And in their marriage. We're, we're extrapolating what we know of their relationship right. based on things that we've seen and things that we've read. Yeah. And if we're being honest, most of those have come from sources that are not complementary to Hillary or right. Bill Clinton. Like Dick Morse's so, book on Hillary Clinton, Rewriting History. Right. It's, it definitely has a, a very strong whiff of bias to it. It does. And it is not a flattering bias. Yeah. towards the Clintons and the nature yeah. of their relationship. And, so, uh, yeah. And, in fairness, we, I think, you know, it'd be fair for us to admit that. I do think that there is an aspect to all of this that it's really not our business while at the same time we're talking about somebody who created a, quote, charitable foundation, unquote, for one of the express purposes is to perhaps, perhaps, speculation, launder money for somebody, for somebody. And there's also sort of like the accusations of pay to play. Hillary Clinton has been accused by certain people of offering up favors. If you donate X amount of dollars 
to the Clinton Foundation. Hillary Clinton, while she was the Secretary of State, would have things go your way in right. other parts of the world. She would she would do what she could to change American foreign policy to suit donors of the Clinton. Of, yeah, and that's speculation. That's kind of the most endure, it, it's speculation, but it's also one of the most enduring um, allegations against the Clintons from those on the political right, right. side. So, and we admit that. Well, yeah, I mean, you and I admit it anyway. Not right. everyone does, but right. you know, we admit that we both lean right politically, yes, towards the right. So, you know, I just want to be sure that we're we're clear that this is stuff that we've heard. Um, these are these have been consistent accusations against the Clintons since Bill was in office. Yep. Um, so, persistence of rumor does not make it fact. Except when there's no evidence to contradict it. Right. Um, there's also coincidentally no incident, no no evidence to support it. But still, yeah. So there's a there's a lot there are a, there are a lot of things that are going on in connection to Jeslene Maxwell's arrest. And I sort of started the show joking about how Hillary Clinton is, sends along her condolences to her family after learning the news of her suicide that's scheduled for later next week and her upcoming demise, her upcoming demise. because I mean, probably one of I, in the realm of kind of like gross humor, as it were, um, joking about Hillary Clinton having Jeffrey Epstein killed was sort of like, it was sort of like the joke of the month yeah. after Jeffrey Epstein passed away. And, but the, it sort of like kind of glosses over the serious nature of this. Whereas I don't think anybody who has any kind of intelligence whatsoever believes that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Yeah. And if you, and if you, if you watch the 60 minutes special from a couple of months ago, when they were act when, when the anchors of 60 minutes devoted a lot of time to the MCC jail, where, Jeffrey Epstein died and how they and how so many things had to happen for him to kill himself and nobody noticed until well into the wee hours of the morning. And when it turned out Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in prison, everybody was like, oh, well, isn't that convenient? Right. Isn't that odd? Isn't that a little strange? Because now Jeffrey Epstein isn't going to talk. The one, the because there are all of these, and let's just yeah, just come right out and say it: the optics for the Clintons are really bad because of his because of Jeffrey Epstein's sexual habits. That's been well chronicled in the James Patterson book *Filthy Rich* and the Netflix miniseries that was based on that, with brand new information from reporters such as Julie K. Brown from the Miami Herald. All of this really looks bad. When Jeffrey Epstein died, people like ourselves sort of like looked at this and insisted there's no, there's no way that he could have killed himself. And if he did kill himself, isn't it funny and convenient how the guards sort of just ignored his cell for a couple of hours and not one, but two of the cameras were broken and and whatever. It was, too much coincidence that a conspiracy theorist, even borderline ones like ourselves, could look at and go, really? Come on now. Right? Exactly. It's like, you, seriously, you, 
you expect us to swallow this? This is a it, this was really? like a, if you are a podcaster and you're into true crime, this is the gift that just keeps on giving. And Eric Carter Landine and Ariel from Malice did a beautiful three-part series of uh, they they did a joint podcast on true consequences about Jeffrey Epstein, the book written by James Patterson and the miniseries. And they did a brilliant job letting you know you're not crazy if you think this is a conspiracy. This is this is well, not it's a It's like the preponderance of evidence. Right. It's it's just it's too much. Yeah. It's just too much. And then um in Epstein related news, yeah. Alan Dershowitz speaking of powerful people apparently had all of Virginia um affairs she has a bunch of evidence with names and stuff like that and a federal judge ordered her to not not just not submit it in her defense in the case of alan dershowitz versus virginia goffer but to actually destroy it and she also ordered that there be um that they be able to prove that it was in fact destroyed isn't that i mean now yeah, go ahead. That's just it. This is further feeding the whole machine that is out there basically saying, are, are you fucking kidding me? These people, there's clearly there's something more going on. Um, and that kind of that really kind of pissed me off. But then we find out that in a, in a follow up story about Jelaine Maxwell being arrested, we find out she may be willing to plea deal in order to get a lighter sentence so she may turn state's evidence on some other more powerful people in the chain and in that case i'm very happy to hear that a lot of people yeah yeah no go ahead a lot of other people are not going to be happy that she's going to make a plea deal well no but fuck them they've been they've been raping children for fucking decades so i really don't care that those particular people are not happy to hear it too fucking bad I just want to circle around here for a second and read the story that you had just talked about. And we, and, and we, we were going to actually just do a short, small segment on this. This is from Newsweek. Judge rules Virginia Gouffet's lawyers must, quote, destroy Jeffrey Epstein files. And this is from, yeah, oh, this is from yesterday, Jay. Yeah. When Newsweek published this. Attorneys who publicly accused Jeffrey Epstein for sex trafficking must destroy files they obtained on Epstein after a Wednesday ruling by a federal judge. Epstein was arrested in July 2019, officially a year ago, on charges of sex trafficking and conspiracy to engage in sex trafficking. Allegedly, Epstein procured women to have sexual relations with high-profile individuals such as Prince Andrew, Information about Epstein culled from a 2015 civil lawsuit filed against Epstein by Gouffre allegedly contained the names of individuals with whom Epstein had conducted business. Senior U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska ruled Wednesday that Gouffre's lawyers had come into possession of documents improperly, noting that the protective order could only be enforced during a civil lawsuit proceedings, which had already been settled. Preska wrote that all the material in the files shall be destroyed. Corrupt much? 
Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's corrupt. It could be just a, a point of order of law. So it could be that, you know, they got it by breaking into someone's office or something ridiculous like that. So this is more it's not yeah. admissible. The next the point that yeah. the point that goes too far in my book, and I am not a lawyer, I don't pretend to be a lawyer, but the point that goes too far for me is when they say it must be destroyed. This is this is the most damaging part, Jay. Preska's ruling came after a request by attorney Alan Dershowitz to gain access to the documents. Gufri claimed that Dershowitz was one of the men Epstein forced her to have sex with. In response, Dershowitz sued Gufri for defamation in 2019. Dershowitz claimed that obtaining the Epstein files would be an, abs asset, um, an asset to his defense. Preska said... So, now it, here's that, yeah. hold on, because that one, that one thing when I was up because I couldn't sleep the other day and it was like 3.30 in the morning. What if this judge threw that out because she didn't want, she didn't want Alan Dershowitz getting hold of this information and warning the p other people, the other powerful people that are named in that document or in those documents. What if she's, she's not corrupt, but she's crazy like a fox? Maybe. That's the only thing that I, that occurred to me. And again, it was like three o'clock in the morning. I've been drinking a little too much rum. You know uh -huh. how it is. Yep. And, you know, I, what if she's doing this for, she's taking her lumps and getting basically bitched out by people. And in reality, she's sitting there saying, okay, you, I don't care what you guys say. I don't want these bastards getting away with it any more than anyone else does. And this is the only way I can ensure that anyone who's involved in this is going to go down. What if that is the case here? Also kind of keep in mind that sort of like, Cracks are starting to be revealed in Alan Dershowitz's reputation. Oh yeah, because um, Al Alan Dershowitz, yeah, she's really, really damaged him. She really has. It's it's not just it's just it's just not um, trying to find um, Virginia. It's not just v Virginia Gouffre's claims that are destroying Alan oh, Dershowitz's yeah. reputation. It's also and and we need to have. A, a moment of silence in respect and awe and reverence for Julie K. Brown. Because if it wasn't for Julie K. Brown's work in all of this, Jeffrey Epstein probably would have gotten away with everything. If it wasn't for Julie K. Brown and James Patterson, who wrote the book about Jeffrey Epstein, probably the world would never know what a depraved son of a bitch this guy actually is. Alan Dershowitz had posted on June 30th this tweet, who will investigate Julie Brown's unethical investigation? Notoriously biased, quote, journalist, unquote, Julie Brown asked me to break the law by disclosing sealed material to her. She assured me that, quote, nobody will go after you, unquote, because lawyers on the other side have disclosed sealed material too. Well, two is spelled T-O-O, Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> ah. you, you think a high price... Hoity foot toity lawyer would be able to spell or use the right two. <laughs> oh, that is interesting oh, oh, there's enough, another. Is, yeah, I'm sorry. This is no, there's, an, ahead, there's, a, there's another there's another part of this. He didn't put like continued. Um, uh, let, let me just read the whole thing in context now. She assured me that no one will go after you because lawyers on other side have disclosed seal material to her. She was foolish enough to send me emails confirming her cr a criminal request. They are attached. The entire story is in guilt by association at page. Oh, so he's plugging his book. 
Oh, jeez. Of course he is. Well, he's going to need it for all the lawsuits. So and now this is this is the thing. Like I, I mentioned, one of my favorite moments was when they were interviewing Alan Dershowitz on the Netflix special, and he said she has never publicly accused me. And then they cut to her saying on camera, "I yeah, he was one of the people who raped me." That was just really that was an uplifting moment for it me. It really was. Because he's trying to call her out and say, yeah, yeah, there's accusations. But she's never said anything in any way that would possibly damage her. Yeah. And then it's like she goes, they cut straight to her, and she does exactly that. It's like, yeah, no, you ain't getting one, buddy. Sorry, kid. You got to bark up a different tree. This one's occupied. I just think it's amazing how it's out. I mean, out. the response to this tweet is amazing, the way that people are going after Alan Dershowitz. I'm also amazed, of course, by the number of people who are defending and coming to his rescue. That, I think, is also amazing. Um, I don't think so. There's always going to be people, especially in uh, public, people who are in the public eye, so to speak, always going to be people who are going to defend them. They're either people who have a great admiration for the work that they've done and associate that with the person themselves, or there's going to be people who feel some sort of debt towards them that are going to leap to their defense, right? Um, that's just part of being in the public eye. So I, it doesn't surprise me that there are people going after him viciously. It doesn't surprise me that there are people vociferously defending him. That's just part and parcel with being a celebrity. That's just how that particular cookie crumbles. So it doesn't surprise me at all that there are people jumping to his defense. But you got to wonder at what point and under how much evidence is that support going to crumble? At some point, they're going to look at what's being said, who's saying it, and the amount of just sheer evidence that is on their side, not his. And at some point, they're they're going to be looking at him going, so... I mean, did you did did you really do that? You know what I mean? There is there is at some point you have to sort of look at the number of people who have accused these quote pedophiles, accused pedophiles, as it were, unquote, and realize that there's way too much smoke for there to not to be a fire. There is something seriously going on. There's something seriously wrong with this entire case that revolves around Jeffrey Epstein and the fact that Jeffrey Epstein had close connections and ties and provided a, a service and entertainment to some of the biggest names in American society, whether it's politicians on both sides of the aisle, academia, big business, a lot of people really need to be worried and scared about what Ghislaine Maxwell is going to say. What Ghislaine right. Maxwell is going to come out and say, if given the chance to, if they offer her a sweetheart deal, a lot, a lot of people should be really nervous about what she's going to say. I'm not sure if I'm completely, totally clear on this, Jay. This is probably one of the worst things that could have happened to the ruling elite here in the United States and in other parts of the world, especially England. Well, what's interesting to me is, did you see the interview that Prince Andrew did with the media in England? That was devastating. <laughs> that was. It was, and to me, I saw that and I'm thinking, oh my God, really? He thinks this is his case? And then I watched a panel of body language specialists. Yep. And they were very clear to say, we're not, we, when we're reviewing this, don't think we're saying he's definitely lying, he's not lying, because there's no way we can say this. 
All we can say is he's hiding something, or I would pursue that line of questioning. And there were four body language experts that I saw on the video that I saw. And every single one of them was like, oh, yeah, he's hiding something. I would press this. I would press that. And apparently the interviewer did a good job of pressing him on things, considering there's probably armed guards standing just off camera, shaking their heads if she's pressing too hard. Because that is something that apparently they still do in England. So, I mean, that was just a devastating interview. It did not paint him in any favorable light whatsoever, I think, for anybody. So that to me is just, it makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really think that this is a major win for everyday people. Yeah. Um, but what are the odds of Ghislaine Maxwell living long enough to be able to testify against these people and give the dirt on everybody? Well, now here's the other thing on that you got to remember, right? So anything that happens to her is going to fall squarely on the shoulders of the people who are charged with protecting her and ensuring her safety. Right. And after everything that happened, even though there was no prosecution of the guards that were allegedly involved in what happened to Jeffrey Epstein, legally nothing happened to them. We don't know where any of them are. So if someone's going to come to you after that and say, hey, listen, I just need five minutes alone with her. I need to talk to her about something. You as a guard, are you going to look at that and say, oh, yeah, sure. That's a lot of money. I'll that's take a, it. That's a great idea. Are you going to look at that and say, yeah, that money's going to do me no fucking good if I'm not, if no one knows where the hell I am. Right. You know, I mean, there's only once shame on me, fool me twice, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Right element of that to this everyone involved in ensuring that jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself we don't know where they are we don't know what's happened to them we don't we don't know where the guards are and and the people who are providing technical support for the surveillance cameras we have not heard from any of these people i'm not saying and we're not saying that they've been killed we're not saying that they've been bought off they're probably listening to the instructions by their lawyers and keeping their mouths shut because they know that there's going to be some kind of a criminal case. Right, exactly. And they don't want to say or do anything that's going to possibly incriminate them later. That is the most likely outcome. But if you're a guard and you're responsible for watching Maxwell and someone comes to you and says, hey, here's a few thousand dollars. I just need like 10 minutes alone with her with no cameras, no monitoring, no surveillance whatsoever. Are you, as that guard, not knowing 100% where the other guards are, are you going to be likely to say, oh, yeah, sure, sounds legit, have at it? I wouldn't. I would be very, very concerned about my continued ability to breathe after a you such a circumstance. I think, I think people should be very scared. I think people should be incredibly scared and concerned. Um, I'm just going to reread this headline here, or you had already alluded to this. Jeffrey Epstein's gal pal, Ghislaine Maxwell, may co- cooperate in federal investigation. This is published yesterday at, uh, let's see, 1.09 p.m. here. Prosecutors on Thursday left open the possibility that Ghislaine Maxwell could cooperate in their investigation despite in, in, indicting her on charges including perjury. Audrey Strauss, an acting U.S. attorney for the South District of New York, said she wasn't worried that the perjury charges could undermine Maxwell's ability to potentially testify against others. 
Some, this sometimes happens when there are plenty of charges and people can go on from there and become co cooperators, Strauss said at a press conference. And I'm not concerned about that in the event that if she even were to become that cooperator, I think we could deal with that. Yeah. And honestly, I think I could sleep well at night knowing that you're letting one pervert off while you're getting all of these other perverts. I mean, the the $10,000 question that all of us should be having right now is, is there any chance that Jeslene Maxwell is going to see any prison time in a maximum um, okay, a maximum prison, all, f- gonna, federal prison? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say she, if she is doing a plea deal, it is going to be a plea deal that involves her not doing it, seeing a day behind bars. Right. Because look at the lifestyle she's led. Look at the way she was raised. She was She's a higher society type person. So anything that she decides to give up is going to come with a no strings attached, get out of, frail, get out of jail free card. That's just how it is. I think any who is hoping for any outcome other than that is perhaps a little naive. I don't think that's I don't think she's going to see a day of behind bars. I really don't. And providing we can take a number of other people, because remember, in that special on Netflix, one of the things that was said is that he is part of a larger machine. Oh, yeah. Meaning Jeffrey Epstein. So if Jelaine can take out other sizable cogs, especially ones that are higher than he is on that chain, I think that's a price I'm willing to pay. Because right now she's not able to damage anyone. She's not able to continue that operation on her own. And in all honesty, she may not even have any desire to at this stage. No. We don't know. But the truth, what remains is that, you know, she is not going to want to do any prison. She's going to want get out of jail free or I ain't playing. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Right. You know, but it's but um, it's but it's also it's also not up to us. I mean, <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, just imagine instead of you know Andrew having to talk to a press reporter about these uncomfortable associations he's held in his past, he's now talking to a grand jury indictment or whatever the equivalent of that is in no. the UK. And Jelaine Maxwell is the one saying, I know he did this. I have proof. Here are pictures. Here's documentation showing when he was there. Blah, 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 blah. Because Jelaine Maxwell is in that incriminating photo of Prince with Virginia Goofrey. She's standing in the background, and that was taken in her house. And Prince Andrew admitted that yeah. on that terrible interview he did. So Jelaine Maxwell does know. She knows where the bodies are buried, so to speak. So her turning state's evidence could be an incredibly damaging thing for people like Prince Andrew. Yeah. And I'm all for it. Fuck that bastard. He's, he, it's honestly, that, that interview to me reinforced everything that is the worst about having a monarchy. Right. He was in that interview and just from some of the facial tics, the way I read them anyway, this is not anything that I saw in the professionals, body language readers, part of me that felt like he wanted to say, how dare you question me? Who do you think you are? I am the president of England. Yeah. You know, I could, to me anyway, I could, I could kind of tell that that was lurking beneath the surface. And that could be me reading into it. You know, I'm not an expert, but still, you see some of the way his, his eyes twitched 
like the body language experts kept talking about blinking. He would rapidly blink, you know, um, I don't know. to me, uh, the guy just wanted to say, you know, I do what I do and it's not up to you plebes to talk to me about it. I'm going to make a, a prediction right now okay. based on everything that we we know and, and all the news articles that I've linked to on, on the show page. Uh, just do a search. Um, I believe you could probably find it best using DuckDuckDuckGo, or you can just go to um, uh, the Fedora Chronicles homepage. It should be at the. It, it, by the time you hear this, this will be on the on on the top of the index page. Um, this is this is going to be the Fedora Chronicles radio show for July fourth, two thousand twenty, um, and just do a search for the Fedora Chronicles. Ghislaine Maxwell did not kill herself either. And you'll be able to find this episode. Um, I think one or two things are going to, to going to happen. I think that we're seriously in in a fork a fork in the road or a fork in the time stream, as it were. And w- one or two things are going to happen. Jasleen Maxwell is probably going to be suicided in prison, the way Jeffrey Epstein was. And even though so many of us are going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe that they actually tried to get away with this twice. I think they're going to try and get away with it twice. I think that there's a good chance that she knows too much dirt about powerful people. I think she has way too much dirt. I, I, I think that she is a liability to the ruling elite here in the United States and perhaps even the, the Western world to live. I don't think that they as it were, the the oligarchs who run the United States are going to let her live. She's probably scared to death for her life. Or she's going to make a sweetheart deal and she will probably spill the beans behind closed doors in um, grand jury testimony, which will probably be sealed by some high-ranking district attorney or the Attorney General of the United States, for whatever reason. Because a lot of people seem to think that Donald Trump has a lot to hide as well. I think that what she's probably she, what she's probably going to do is make a sweetheart deal. She will give up everything that she has on all of the ruling class elites here in the United States. She will give grand jury testimony behind closed doors. That will be sealed by a, a district attorney, in the state of New York or Florida or wherever she's tried. Oh, and by the way, there's also New Mexico. She's also facing charges in New Mexico. It's funny how we forgot that part. She may well, also be... The interesting thing. Yeah. The interesting thing to me about New Mexico is New Mexico is still regarded in some ways as being the Wild West. Right. So she is probably, to be honest, more concerned about the charges in New Mexico than she is about any charges in, say, New York or Florida. Because Florida and New York know how to deal with people like her. They understand the quote-unquote rules for dealing with celebrities like her. Whereas Arizona and New, New Mexico, Mexico yeah. are more are less likely to understand those rules and be like, I don't care who you are over there in England. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody so she is it, – and it's – whether it's true or not is irrelevant because it's her perception of things. Yeah. That's fun. So I I don't I don't think that they are going to prosecute her with the fullest extent of the law in the hopes that she doesn't that she spills the beans on everybody. 
and, and a lot of really super famous people are probably really nervous right now. Alan Dershowitz, Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, all of these people are probably wetting themselves. And they would like nothing more to see this woman, quote, commit suicide in prison. So I, there's a part of me that really thinks that one way or another, we're not going to hear the full story. Yeah. I would be very surprised if they, huh? I, I, I don't, I think if they're going to, if anything is going to happen to her, it won't be the same thing that happened to Jeffrey. If they're smart, they're not going to say, well, we suicided him and it worked. You know, they're going to be more viewing this as a, I hate to say it this way because it sounds so fucking casual, but a creative challenge, if you will. They can't have her commit suicide too because that's pushing things too far. It is possible, though, that, you know, she meets an untimely demise in prison because or there was a car accident a la um, uh, Princess uh, Princess Di. Something like that could conceivably happen and not raise as many eyebrows, you know. So to me, anyway, my money is on she doesn't die by suicide. She dies by some other means. And before she can turn to state's evidence or she'll be able to have the interview but not be able to turn over any documentation or supporting evidence to what she says, which can then be dismissed as hearsay. Well, we also have the treasure because trove. The thing you got to remember yeah. is what is the, the, we've heard, if you go out on the extremes of what we've heard, right? Which, you know, let's face it, that's what we do. Um, if you go on the extremes of what we've heard, there's possibly Saudi royal family involved in this, there's the royalty of the United Kingdom, there's high placed. Uh, politicians in Italy and Greece that are involved in this. Theoretically, um, I've read a couple of articles indicating that there are powerful people within um, within the EU that are possibly involved in this. So it's it's not necessarily the the British or Americans or anything else that may want her dead. It could be people that really don't give a fuck about what our press is going to say. That could be who she's really worried about. We don't know. Because we don't know how far it reaches. Just looking at this, like, I mean, again, I'm, lo- I'm reading all of these stories. Um, I'm reading all of these stories that are being published, and the headlines just keep reading, powerful men are very scared. Powerful men are terrified. Powerful men in the United States are terrified about what she's going to say. All right, so you got to remember, though, powerful men in the United States is very telling in and of itself as a headline. Right. They're making this a U.S. problem, right? What if Jelaine comes out and says, oh, no, it's not just the U.S. You know, I, I've seen people in blah, 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 you know, and, you know, the Saudi princes, the, you know, Russian mafia, whatever. You know, if she's comes out with something like that and that comes out in the press, she's dead in a day because they're not going to put up with that shit. They'll just kill her ass and because and, they don't care about the consequences because they're in a they're in a place that doesn't have extradition treaty with the United States. So they'll just kill her. And is she more concerned about that? I would be. Well, who do you think is going to be more terrified? Who is who is more scared? Ghislaine Maxwell, who thinks that she's going to be killed in prison, or all the powerful men? Let's say Bill Clinton. All the powerful men who she, who know she for a fact she's going to rat out to save herself. 
Do you think that Bill Clinton is more terrified this morning or Ghislaine Maxwell? This morning, I would think it's Ghislaine Maxwell, simply because we don't know the extent of what she knows. And that makes all the difference, really, because if if she can turn around and say, you know, I can give you Alan Dershowitz, is, is that going to be enough to get her coverage? Is that going to be enough to get her, you know, her safety assured? Probably not. But if she turns around and says, I can get you Prince William, is that going to be enough to assure her safety? Now you're getting somewhere. Now that's that's something that she can possibly parlay into actual protection. You know, but what if she says, you know, oh, you, you want some real dirt? I can give you all of the Saudi princes. And not only can I give you the dirt on their nasty sexual preferences, but I can also tell you all about these deals that they've made. Because let's face it, there's pillow talk, right? Human intelligence that counts on pillow talk. There's female operatives that have been doing this for fucking decades. Matahari, for Christ's sake, goes back to the First World War, you know, and she was able to gather a lot of intelligence just by sleeping around because powerful people like to brag. And the more they can't tell anybody, the more they want to brag about it. That's part of human nature. So we know that the mansion that he, that, uh, the your, mansion in New York. Yeah, the New York was mansion. Was wired for sound. Was wired for sound and video. We believe that the mansion that he had in Palm Beach was wired for sound. Who's to say that the island that the island wasn't also wired for sound and video? She could have some secrets that go well beyond just who's a sick pedophile, and that I think is probably the deeper story here that's not really being talked about. Because that was another thing that was brought up in that Netflix special is how much Jeffrey Epstein liked to have information on powerful people. He liked knowing he knew things no one else did. So what exactly does she know? And what does she know about those people who she was able to gain access to because of their sexual deviancy or their sexual preferences or whatever the politically fucking correct term is nowadays? You know, that is the stuff that's going to get her killed, you know, because, I mean, let's face it, the way the United States is, we like nothing more than we like celebrities, but we like nothing better than seeing a celebrity fall. Oh, Someone absolutely. Who possibly have, you know, prior to that, we couldn't possibly have imagined that now they're freaking going down and we love that shit. Oh, we love, oh, like the whole thing with Bill Cosby and, and Michael Jackson. I mean, we just gobbled oh, that yeah. up. We just love the oh, yeah. we love the fact that America's dad was being like you know ripped to shreds you know on a witness stand or during a a, a trial, a sexual harassment sexual um, assault case, right? And it kind of didn't matter whether he was guilty or not because it was the spectacle of it that oh sure that everyone fell in love with you know so what about that is going to come back? And, 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 and bite people. That, to me, is going to be more telling about Jelaine Maxwell's future chances, yeah. shall we say. You know, because there's so much more to this case than what we actually know. They hinted at a lot of it in that Netflix special. They really did. They, they talked around a lot of things in that special, right. more so than they actually stated. And I think they did so for a reason because liability. You know, uh, well, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Patterson, James Patterson, has to make a living. You know, he has to be able to write his books and get published. And if he says the wrong thing about the wrong person, that is going to stop. And he knows it. 
as much as he's outraged about this pervert that was living next to him and ruining his perfect little uh, world that he had built around himself, the truth is, is you know, he's he's only one guy and he's not invincible. He's not invulnerable. So it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. I just also want to sort of end this topic by saying that we have all known or suspected for now decades that Bill Clinton was a pervert. And Bill Clinton was, and I'm being facetious when I say this, a little bit of a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually enjoy the fact to some sort of perverse level that all the suspicions that we've ever had about Bill Clinton are coming true. All the rumors that we've heard about Bill Clinton are being um, validated validated, and, and, and verified. Yep. People, when I, when, when I was working with Democrats, when I was living in upstate New York, and uh, going to um, DNC mixers when I was first getting into politics during in my in my in my college years, people used to say fellow Democrats used to say horrible things about Bill Clinton, and they would just laugh it off. Ha ha, that's just Bill Clinton because he's you know he's impotent or or whatever, um, right. and he and he has a serious inferiority complex, and that's the reason why he likes to dominate younger young women, young girls. Um, and in and in that book, Primary Colors, the the character who was supposed to represent Bill Clinton apparently had an affair with an underage girl and had an illegitimate child out of wedlock when she was still a teen. We all and and all of us who have sort of like in, enjoyed that juicy gossip are sort of like I mean like this is almost like it's if if celebrity gossip was a drug, we are all overdosing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, and I th- and I do think that we do have to be careful uh, not to put a, a wet blanket on this. I mean, this is this is wonderful fodder for a podcast. We were able to squeeze out almost an hour on this topic. Yeah. Um, so I I do think that I'm I'm concerned about Ghislaine. I I'm I'm concerned about Ghislaine Maxwell. Listen to me. Um, <laughs> I am. It's not that I care about whether or not she lives or dies. For me, it's more the fact that is she going to live long enough to testify and tell everything that she knows about everybody, Republicans and Democrats? And what's this? What is this going to do to this country when it turns out that these people were indeed perverts and there and, and there there is actual footage of some of the most powerful men in the United States doing unspeakable things to underage girls and some boys? What is that going to do to the country? If you think that the riots over the death of George Floyd was a big deal, I don't think that you've seen anything yet. I think you're when we, well, I don't I don't think they'll be rioting in the streets over that though. I mean, think about it. What what happens if it comes out that, you know, Alan Dershowitz had a, you know, had a thing for 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 fucking young girls. Right. What if that comes out? Alan Dershowitz goes down. Who gives a shit? There's people that like him that will be concerned for him and 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 worried and hurt and sad and all of that. But how is that going to hurt us as an institution? What if it comes out that half the half the people sitting in Congress on both parties were involved in that? Seriously, what's going to happen? What's the worst that can happen? It's not going to be rioting in the streets over that. Everyone knows our Congress is corrupt. Everyone knows that. I don't think there's going to be any social outrage over any of this. If there's any social outrage, it'll be taken out at the ballot box 
especially I mean we're in July of an election year right if this story comes full circle by October we could be looking at all third parties winning come November we could be looking at a Joe Jorgensen presidency in November if all of this comes out if Jelaine Maxwell testifies and we find out that you know now understand also that the people in Congress are going to do their level best to prevent all this from happening but then what you know there'll be special hearings the local because remember a senator a sitting senator and a sitting congressperson can be removed by their state from office it is not a federal thing it is a state level thing and I can guarantee you if it's a senator from Utah that gets caught diddling children they will be removed from office and it'll happen with shocking alacrity yeah you know and Utah's not the only state that'll do that but so what's going to happen you're not going to see rioting in the streets you're not going to see any of this um bullshit that's going on now it's not going to really that's not going to be the effect of all of this coming out you know it's not good it's not like people care so much about their political candidates that they're going to be outraged that they're you know that they they got caught diddling underage girls that they're going to be rioting in the streets over it. i don't think that's going to happen i just don't think it is do you think that there's going to be some kind of social upheaval though yeah, but it won't be riots. It won't be anything. I I don't think it would be anything that would involve the kind of violence that we've seen as a result of the George Fo- George Floyd murder. I don't think it'll be anything to that scale or of that size. Well, maybe I'm a little crazy for thinking that if a video of of a black man being killed by a police officer would cause people to riot, why wouldn't a video? of a public official sexually assaulting an adolescent girl caused the same outrage. I think that that also says oh, a lot. It's going to cause the outrage, but the expression of that outrage, I think, is going to be different. I don't think we're going to see that outrage expressed through violence in the streets, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you're going to see Detroit burning if it comes, or you're not going to see San Francisco burning if it comes out that Nancy Pelosi and her husband were having three ways with 12-year-old kids. You know, that is not going to result in violence in the street. Maybe violence on their homes, on okay. their personal property. Okay. Okay. I can see that, but I don't see like police stations burning and and you know complete total social upheaval. I don't see all of that happen. You don't think that an angry dad would throw a Molotov cocktail into the local office? Yeah, I could see that. I can see. I could that. I can see. But those are isolated. I don't see an all-out fucking riot. You know what I mean? I don't see an all-out riot happening. There's not going to be any, you know, occupying of Capitol Hill by protesters over this. I, I don't see that happening. And I will say this. If it does happen, if I'm completely wrong, and I could be, right? if something like that does happen, I think, honestly, what the biggest detriment is going to be for us is that our political opponents on the international stage are going to get involved. They're going to take this opportunity to just either take military action against us or they're going to be lambasting us on the international press. Be like, America is is nothing but evil. Look at what their, their, yeah. their leadership that they elect. They are doing all this blah, 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 evil stuff. Right. You know, you can see that happening in the Middle East. You can see Russia going, of course, look at them. They're capitalists. You know, yeah. you can see that coming out of China. I don't, that to me is more scary 
than the rioting in the streets. Rioting in the streets is people being pissed off and angry and, and taking out their, uh, their outrage about the situation. But when you get into what's going to cause actual damage to us as a people and as a nation, it's going to be the violence that has military might behind it. it this could, it, if, if riots do happen as a result of Jelaine Maxwell's testimony, then I think the international stage is what's going to be changing. Right. Because I, I, all of our credibility about truth, justice, and the American way Oh yes, completely is, gone. is going to be completely gone. The idea that we are we are we are ruled by a cabal of perverts. Right. Hey, maybe that would be a better title for this episode. <laughs> you know the 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 shining city on the hill. Right. To to paraphrase Reagan, would be gone. It'd be destroyed from within. Oh, absolutely. Because Which I think I've always said is probably the only way we're going to get destroyed. We're going to destroy ourselves. Oh, oh, there's just I I I'm convinced now more than ever that we are probably watching our, our country in the twilight years because of what the ruling elites have done to this country for their own profit. And pleasure, let's be honest. Profit and pleasure. You know, they, they, don't, they don't care about the little guy. I mean, what I find interesting, one of the things that I've been noticing that I've been finding interesting, and I realize we're going off on a tangent. Right. Like, that's kind of what we do anyway. Yep. Um, <laughs> One of the things that I found interesting about all of the social upheaval is the sheer number of people that are calling out both Republicans and Democrats on their hypocrisy. Absolutely. There are, I don't want to say leaders, but there are very big people in the black community who are saying things like Black Lives Matter is just a George Soros thing. They don't really have our best interests at heart. There are people within the black community that are looking at the Democrats with their little fucking kneeling down while wearing African regalia saying, I thought you didn't like social, you know, you didn't like cultural appropriation. What the fuck is this? You know, you've got people that are basically calling out everybody on their own hypocrisy. And that to me is interesting. Not because I'm thinking it's oh, the about time the Democrats got what they deserve. I really don't give a shit about that. To me, what's interesting about it is that what does this mean? Where is this going to go? How is this going to end up? You know, is does this mean that we're going to start getting a lot of these people? Because remember, both parties have like a 90 percent retention rate in the Senate. Yeah. Like 75, 80 percent retention rate. In the yes. House. Both parties. Is that going to change? Are we going to start seeing third-party candidates? I was talking with my parents about this yesterday, and I honestly would love to see a large number of third-party candidates. And I don't mean just libertarians. I would like to see Green Party. I would like to see libertarians. I would like to see the Constitution Party. I would like to see, um, you know, I'd li- I'd like to see a surge of third parties, so that Congress can't honestly tell them, okay. You're going to caucus with Democrats. You're going to caucus Republicans. If there's enough third-party candidates that show up in Congress, they're going to say, yes, I will caucus with the Democrats on these issues. Yes, I will caucus with the Republicans on these issues. And you can't tell me I'm just stuck with the Democrats or I'm just stuck with the Republicans. You know what I mean? That's only going to happen if it happens if there is a large enough presence of third-party candidates. Otherwise, it's still the two big parties that are making the rules. And if those... If those third parties do have a great performance in Jan- in November, 
then no longer are they going to say, well, we're not going to allow third party candidates to participate in the um, in the debates if they meet these criteria. They're going to have to be forced to say, well, shit, I guess, you know, we've got to have them debate. Yeah, this could be a, a, a good thing, depending on how it goes. Now, the problem comes in is with the covid. Right. I saw an interview. I forget who um, who the interview was with. He was a Scottish scholar historian who is a naturalized U.S. citizen now. And he brought up something that I kind of had been playing around in the back of my mind, but never really talked about or thought about too seriously, is what happens with as a result of COVID if the election is really, really close and it's all mail-in ballots? What if we have a repeat of the 2000 election? What would happen then? I think that we, we would see ahead. we would I think that we would see a more positive social upheaval uh, and that and I don't want to sound like I'm campaigning for Joe Jorgensen because I'm not completely totally on board with her at this point right now. Right. I'm, I still feel as if and here's and, and here's the good news, bad news. I am still in play. My vote is still in play. Right. I don't know who I'm going to vote for right now. Come this November. I know who I'm not going to vote for. Yep. I'm and I'm still I'm still shopping. And the and yep. the, and the and the more I play hard to get, the more harder they're going to have to work to get my vote. Well, see, the things you've also got to remember too is that another unseen circumstance of all this political unrest is the Second Amendment. A lot of people are going out and buying guns for the first time and I'm like, "What the fuck do you mean I can't take the gun home today?" Right. You know, there's a lot of people that are getting bullshit about some of these laws. And so a lot of these people are people who were very strong proponents of those laws. They were very strong supporters of them. And now that they want to buy a gun, they're like, what What do you mean I failed the background check? Oh, a parking ticket from 10 years ago is preventing me from exercising my Second Amendment yeah, rights? Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? And now the political landscape is changing as a result of all of this. I don't know if it's for the good or for the bad yet, to be honest with you. Um, we'll see how it goes. But it's, to me, promising anyway that you've got people who are in those situations, possibly for the first time in their life. And they're saying, they're seeing that, you know, it's not, you know, all of those evil things I believed about gun owners are now applying to me. And hey, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a bad person. To which now they're realizing, oh, fuck, that's what the gun owners have been saying all these years. And I'm using guns as just a sort of a an excuse for the discussion because it's a hot button issue of mine. Yeah. But it's also happening in other areas too of the government. You're seeing uh, you're seeing a lot of people that are out there that have been outraged for years about whatever their little pet project is, their their pet topic, and they're seeing that, you know, hey, maybe maybe I can change other people's opinions on this or this is not what I thought it was and I need to change my own opinion on it. And to me that's a good thing. We need to be willing to change our opinions in the face of overwhelming evidence. Otherwise, we're just extremists. So the pendulum always swings. And I think right now we've swung pretty far in one direction and we're starting to see it, the public opinion rocking in the opposite direction. Right. And people are starting to go, hmm, let me think about this a bit more. What if, what if, what if, and whatever they're what ifing about is going to change depending on the person. But I think that very question being asked is an important part of our evolution as a society and the way we look at not just ourselves and our own internal political ideas, but 
those held by the people that we put in office. So this could be a good thing. I think it, I, people are going to look back at 2020 and say, this is the year it all changed for America, for good or for bad. Yeah. And this is, this, is, this is going to be like one of the triggers. It's like sort of like a perfect storm for social upheaval. Yeah. We are definitely at a crossroads right now of in history there's certain points in history you can look at and you can see where if this one thing had gone differently if something else had changed our world would be completely different right like the bombing of pearl harbor if pearl harbor was not bombed would we have still gotten into world war ii and would it have been the would have had the same impact on the country that pearl harbor did now you can get into the conspiracy theories on how much they knew about the attack you can get into all of that stuff the truth is we're never going to know right we're never going to be able to definitively say yes they knew about the attack and they let it happen or no they did not know about the attack the attack at all and it was a complete surprise we're never going to know that but that doesn't change the fact that that is a crossroads in our history if Pearl Harbor had never happened, would we have gotten into World War II? I don't know. No one. Well, there's a lot of people who are much more learned about the topic than you and I are that can argue about that, but we don't really know. But that's, I think, what we're coming upon now is if things go differently, how would that change the course of history? You know, if Jelaine Maxwell comes out and says, you know, here's all the proof, here's all the evidence. And she names names and takes people down left and right. Um, and when I say left and right, I mean that both politically oh, yes. and yes. general. Um, is she, if she comes out and says that, this could be a good thing for the United States, where the, where the people rise up and say, we've had enough of this. We don't believe the press, but we don't need the press anymore because we're all citizen journalists at this point to, you know, repeat a catchphrase. We can go out and get our own news sources and through social media, share our information. And we don't trust CNN. We don't trust MSNBC. We don't trust Fox News. We don't trust Breitbart. We're getting our, our information from other sources. And there would be a complete upheaval if that were to happen. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, FedoraChronicle at Google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash FedoraChronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush 
and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renderking Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.